0: Okay, so this is going to have to be take two. I had the insurance going. We were ready to do this. But apparently we had a slight technical difficulty. and We're a little far into the first match between Elias and the almighty Bobby Lashley to just go back to the beginning of the show and recap all that has happened uh, moment to moment. So I'll just share what I can recall uh thus far i know that we opened the show with uh general manager elect corbin uh bobby lashley and drew mcintyre along with leo rush in the ring i know that they spoke on what they were thankful for i know that we saw uh braun strowman from birmingham alabama uh speaking about his injury you know the shattered elbow and we hope that he gets better soon, I noticed, uh, that Elias cut all of the lights and then opened up, I mean, then the lights hit for him and Baron Corbin didn't like that. He was actually, uh, cut off in the middle of his statement where he was sharing with everyone that in, uh, three weeks at TLC, streaming live on the WWE Network, he'll uh, win by forfeit because there's no way that Braun is going to be able to uh, get well in that time. I can even kind of maybe agree with that. You know, three weeks is... Well, Braun said it was going to be a couple of weeks via satellite, but, you know, I mean, a couple is two, a few is three from the way I came up learning... And I think Braun is... Braun's not John Cena, you know? I don't even know if John Cena would be able to come back after something like that in that uh, small uh, time frame. But we'll see how the monster among men heals up, you know, uh, from my side in the shadows. I'm wishing them well. And like I said, we're into the match with the almighty Bobby Lashley and Elias. I'm not going to uh <laughs> go into the song that Elias sang but it was very comical. I don't think that Bobby Lashley sucks at all, but it's funny because as I was uh doing some of my uh you know scrolling looking around at how other people felt about Raw apparently people were very, very upset with what took place. Now, because I know I had to do this podcast today, I only wanted to do I only looked at an hour of Raw last night, and I was actually uh, very entertained. You know, this is in the name of the product. We are here to be entertained. So to see such a a bad reception from uh, certain respected figures on the internet as far as podcasting and uh, critiquing the product goes, I'm a little surprised. I'm gonna, you know, watch with an open mind, an open heart, and I'm gonna share with you guys the same way I share every week. I'm looking to be entertained, and I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna be well entertained. I'll even go as far as to say if I didn't like a bit, I'll share what I didn't like, but let's find out. This is Blake. Let's get this roll going, baby. So, again, the almighty Bobby Lashley and Elias are having their match to open up Monday Night Raw. And just like I spoke on at Starcade, Elias has an awesome elbow. Like, the, el- the elbow drop from the top rope. He has great form. It looks like he's literally floating in the air in slow motion, you know, in all due respect. To the product and to the superstars, he, he he shows shades of the macho man Randy Savage when he does that flying elbow drop. It looks really cool, and the fact that he has such a such a uh, strong uh, uh, top half, you know, his physique. He looks he's muscular. It's it, it just looks awesome to come down. So. He actually gets the opportunity to land that hit, uh, to my surprise. And, like, you know, it was a match between these two where Bobby Lashley essentially had the upper hand only because of the many, many distractions outside of the ring in Leo Rush, general manager-elect Baron Corbin, Andrew McIntyre. But Elias was able to get the upper hand for a split second, went to the top rope to deliver the elbow, delivered the elbow. But when he went for the cover in the one, two, three, even Michael Cole thought that he got the three count. But Leo Rush pulled the referee out of the ring. Oh, goodness, because now this turns into a disqualification. But again, General Manager-elect Corbin, let it be known that just as I even stated, Elias did rudely cut him off at the start of the night, so he never got the opportunity to say that this was a no-disqualifications match. So, the match is now officially restarted. Let us all delve in and see what takes place now that the match has been well, officially, uh, I guess changed at this point. Let it be known that Elias did attempt to uh, have a fighting chance, and he looked as if he was really handling it to the best of his ability. He had uh, he had Drew McIntyre down. He after he jumped out of the ring to take out Baron Corbin briefly. You know, this is a no disqualification, match, and he went for the guitar to say, all right, then let's play by those rules, but then Baron Corbin got into the ring, hit him from behind, and the almighty Bobby Lashley stomped the guitar, oh, man, it, it hurt to see it, it hurt to see it, why would he just destroy such a great guitar, of course, it can be replaced, but come on, so... That pisses Elias off, but, you know, then the onslaught begins again. Excuse me, from General Manager-elect Corbin's uh, still chair shots onto, you know, well, we know what clearly happened. It was just a beat-up after that. It was a lot of teamwork. Three chair shots to Elias. Then sends him out the ring. Throws him into the barricade, into the ring apron, into the barricade, Throws him into McIntyre. McIntyre does the same thing. Throws him into Lashley. Does the same thing. Throws him into Corbin. Corbin does it again. Then sends him to a. Oh man! Sends him directly into a Claymore. This is bananas. I believe a spear came after that. And then it was one of the moves of the night. I believe it was a reverse type Alabama slam where they had him land face first on the steel steps. Shades of last week or what they did to Strowman, just in a, you know, slightly different fashion. And we're seeing the formation of a, a a very, very strong heel faction. I'll just call it that. You know, honk if you're with that. So after that Alabama slam... I had it uh, a little twisted up. It was the Alabama, well, the reverse Alabama slam into the steel steps. Face first, Elias went, by the way. Then we got Bobby Lashley, the almighty, going for the victory lap spear. He went all the way around the ring. By the time he got to uh, the third part of it, was third turn or whatever, so have you. Man, oh, the second turn is that one, two years. So the second turn, he started to pick up pace. And by the time he got to the third one, man, he might as well cut Elias in half, hit him with the spear, throw him in the ring. Three gator rolls one, two, three. And there is your opening segment of Monday Night Raw. My goodness. So. Backstage, we have Alexa Bliss being appointed to oversee the entire women's division. Listen now, I am i don't even know if I might have shared this here or not. I think I might have, but I said Alexa Bliss was doing an excellent job from the space she was in, from a more business standpoint. Of course, we want her injury to get better soon, so we can maybe one day see her back in the ring, but this... This utilization of her and her talents from a managerial standpoint, yeah, I think I did bring this up, but, you know, when she was the captain of the women's Survivor Series team, I could honestly see her as potentially maybe one day an assistant general manager or something of the sort since we already have our quote-unquote general manager elect, but let's see how the night plays itself. So we cut the Dean Ambrose at the doctor's office after a recap and replay of what's been taking place between him and Seth Rollins building toward their Intercontinental Championship match at Survivor Series, excuse me, at TLC moving forward uh, in three weeks. But yeah, we're at the doctor's office with Dino and he's... uh getting the shots, you know, he's getting his dysentery shot, getting his flu shot, Uh, got another one, I can't remember the name of, but the funniest one was he got his rabies shot, (laughs) because he didn't want to necessarily be out there in Milwaukee, nor going to Houston, next weekend, running the risk of catching anything from uh, the good people of Houston, Texas, I don't i don't know i don't know what to feel about it it was a fairly comical that he made those types of references and literally was at the doctor's office getting those shots but uh moving forward um yeah you know he's he's uh he seems new i'm not really too sure what direction they're going in with all of this and uh he said he's uh He's just mad as Seth, you know when he's gonna go ahead and and cleanse him of the bull, but let's uh continue to find out what takes place. Maybe hopefully even we'll get some insight from uh Renee Young this week, but let's just figure out what comes what comes up next nene. Well, they had it. Michael Cole had to, uh, you know, shift the gears into the graphic. But I mean, she's saying she don't know. Uh, everyone's curious as to what is going through the mind of Dean Ambrose. Uh, I don't know. It is what it is. We'll just have to find out what happens in three weeks at TLC Streaming Live on the WWE Network. So, I've calmed down a bit from last week. Oh, no, no, don't get it twisted. I'm still very angry about it. But I'm, uh, you know, I like to see myself as a bit more mature, you know, than, uh, some others. So, we get the Lucha House Party, who I'm Big fan of, I love those guys, all three of them. You know, they come out to the ring with the pinatas and the great music and the the culture of Lucha Libre-style wrestling. You know, they're great entertainers. And then we have the revival come out. So clearly these guys wanted a rematch from last week because they were upset. And we get... Uh, Wilder, I assume, on the microphone. Well, both of them are speaking, but he speaks on how appalled they were at learning what the rules are, to a, you, you, the Lucha House rules. They just don't make sense. It's it's silly, but at the same time, it's Monday Night Raw. We're here to have fun. We're here to be entertained. So, I mean, these guys wanted a rematch underneath the normal. You know, uh, tag team rules is two on two instead of uh, all of the extra, uh, just extra nonsense that comes with the Lucha House Rules match, which is literally a first for me. I've never ever seen a Lucha House Rules match outside of last week. So let's, uh, Let's see what happens when only two of the members of the Lucha House Party uh get to take on two members of the revival. Ladies and gentlemen, this match will be competed under Lucha House rules. What in members of Lucha House Party are allowed to compete. Really? So you know what? it don't even matter everything going on in the background this shit sounds chaotic I'm not even I'm speaking outside of the PG but you know why you know why because it's lucha house party rules and we can do whatever we want right so that was fun right everybody loves a party doesn't they this was this is two weeks in a row of all types of ridiculous and you know what whatever Basura Lars Sullivan So we get Nia Jax coming to the ring with Tamina who I think is very very cool because of her Not niceness and she's she's not a bad looking superstar either, you know, so Come on, let's let's all bring it in for Tamina Let's, let's start giving her some love, shouting her out, because that's her thing. Anyway, resounded booze for Nia Jax, understandably. Everyone's still clearly bitter over what took place uh, weeks ago, directly before Survivor Series. You know, the, the go-home raw. A little sad that it had to be the way it was, but I mean, you know come on (laughs) you know like she's the face breaker for that she is totally badass and if you're mad at Nia Jax get over it because the face breaker is out here literally breaking faces and she's about to teach us a valuable lesson in championship history let's go ahead and listen in so we got Nia in the ring running replays of how many times Ronda Rousey got beat up and then she did a hilarious uh, Ronda Rousey impression that could only be rivaled by the Iconics, but that's SmackDown Live tonight on the USA Network. Nia is uh, on a roll, as she said. We can't take that away from her. She did win the Battle Royal at Evolution. She did even under questionable means when the women's Survivor Series match. She's in next in line for an opportunity at the Women's Championship. We can't take these things away from her. And she even brought up breaking Becky's face and giving her a concussion. Whether we like it or not, Nia Jax is kind of close to the top of the mountain. The only point, only obstacle left is the Royal Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey. Now, nah, we got to get straight to it. Ronda Rousey came out playing high road, but in result, said, Nia, at TLC, I'm going to rip your arm off and slap Charlotte across the face with it. O-M-G. I don't care if y'all not excited about this match. I don't care if y'all want to claim that y'all seen this match before. Last time we seen these two go at it, I've seen a very green Ronda Rousey, a beginning Ronda Rousey. And, of course, she had a great show, and she always does. But this time around, she's a, a little bit more experience under her belt. I hope the face break, you know, she's been polishing that thing up. Because Ronda Rousey is coming uh, with an agenda. And I'm, I'm a little nervous for um, R- Nia Jax, that is, the challenger. So Ronda Rousey goes on to challenge Nia Jax. So gangster. Ronda Rousey got so much heart. And, you know, said, hey, you want to fight? Unless you were in the monolithic mute. Ouch. She was making reference to Tamina. That was a very nice have a double date tonight. A double date. Was that a... Did she just try to call her gay? Come on now. And I mean, I got nothing against anybody that has their lifestyle preference. That's cool. But come on now. Come on now. That wasn't nice. Anyway. Nia Jax has a decision to make as far as whether or not she wants to take on Ronda Rousey in that moment. Chooses against it. Why? Why? Because she actually did have a double date. What? <laughs> what? I don't even understand. But, you know, then she said that no, she's stalling for time. She's not making excuses. Then Tamina, you know, you just, which Ronda Rousey had a back turn to her, you know, Tamina moving up like it's about to turn into a little bit of a beat up. And then Natty's music hits. So. Down comes charging Natty with her claws all the way out. And out of nowhere, the riot squad ambushes Natty and they're beating her up ringside. What? No one's seen it coming. Sounds hilarious. So, not only does it sound hilarious, it was hilarious. Pardon me. And then out comes Rhonda to help out her friend Natty, which was very, very cool, of course. She's knocked down uh the Viking Princess Sarah Logan does like a judo hip toss to Daddy Live Morgan and <laughs> chased off Ruby Riot. It was it was great. It was a great little bit. And that ends our segment with our champions music playing as she helps her friend Natty up. Very, very cool, so we cut backstage to uh a o p manager Drake maverick uh speaking on exactly what I was talking about last week, how everyone had a great laugh at his little uh situation let's just call it that last week where he seemingly uh wet himself well not last what was last week either way it was at survivor series and he went on to speak about how 99% of the people uh in the crowd watching across the world haven't necessarily had fear or their life flash in front of their eyes they haven't really experienced any true fear standing in front of a behemoth like a giant like big show you know i personally am not uh, I think all of us have experienced fear. It makes cowards out of all of us, says Drake Maverick. I think it's either you attack it head on or you curl up or run away. One or the other. Me, I like to see certain fears and punch it in the face like me doing a podcast right now. This is my attempt at a squash match when it comes to the ideas of fear You know, where I come out on top. But regardless of that, we have uh, the AOP taking on uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, who had a very, very, well, an arguably fluke victory, but a victory nonetheless against the AOP last week, which put them directly in the, uh, the running for the tag team championships. So let's find out what takes place during the match. Okay, now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm uh, I'm G enough to definitely recognize when there's uh, serious shit going on, part of my non-PG demeanor. But backstage with Charlie Caruso, a.k.a. Charlie C., there was an interview with Gable and Rude, and they both are very aware of how serious they have to be taking on the, the AOP, but not just taking them on, taking them on for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Nene made a joke earlier speaking on how it was a golden opportunity, but that's the last bit of joke we're going to make regarding it, because these guys are serious about their opportunity. So I'm, I'm definitely invested in the match. I would like to see what takes place between the four men and once the uh, results t- happen, I'll definitely have something to share about it. Oh, oh my God, bruh, Drake Maverick just pissed on Bobby Roode's robe. Is that what people are mad at? Are they mad because Drake Maverick used his brain? He took a bad situation and turned it into another victory for the authors of pain. He pissed on Bobby Roode's robe. He took it at the start of the match. He tried it on. He went backstage with it. You could tell it clearly distracted Bobby Roode the entire time. Oh, my God. And then he put it on the toilet, stomped it into the toilet, as in it was already ruined pretty much in the toilet water, and then pissed on it, He urinated on it. Oh, my goodness. That is crazy. How's it feel now, boys? Everybody want to laugh so much. This is what happens when you use your bladder. Yo, he pissed on his robe. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. If you guys don't like it, that's tough. You know who did like it? The tag team champions. Let's move forward. So we moved to backstage, and... We got Bailey and Sasha Banks talking about how cool it was to be a part of the Women's Survivor Series Tag Match, and then we get the the the, the woman in charge of the evening, Alexa Bliss, uh, speaking to them about uh, how they should try to let bygones be bygones and not be as mean toward each other, but. Sasha ain't trying to hear it, Sasha just flicked their hair on her, said, ain't nobody got time for you, but again, Alexa, attempting to play the high road, asked that they all put their egos to the side, and gave these two the opportunity to go to the ring and have an open forum with the WWE Universe, Bailey ain't with it because she ain't one another, this is your life segment, Maybe it's me, I don't know, but I kind of thought it was funny back in the day, you know, it was a little bit on the corny side, but I thought it was hilarious, you know, just to have all of the people that, you know, she had out there. But whatever, because uh, they, they ultimately had to agree to it because she's the woman in charge tonight, so let's see how that open forum takes place, sounds hilarious. Ember music start playing. Ember Moon that is, she's coming to the ring. I'm fairly excited to see whoever she's about to take on. Because Ember Moon is quite the uh, in-ring superstar, trained by Hall of Famer Booker T. Uh, and you know she has a she has a spot in the mixed match challenge, happening every Tuesday on uh, Facebook Live. Or, excuse me, Facebook Watch, however we gonna call it. And, um... It's funny because she was teamed up with Braun Strowman. You know, Team Monster Eclipse. I've been following along with the Round Robin Tournament. We're heading to the playoffs this week. And, um... I was wondering... Excuse me, since Braun has been injured and he's out of action, who would be the person to replace him? And I had my own guesses. I was hoping it would be someone of uh, bronze stature, not necessarily size-wise, but, you know, his caliber of a superstar. And it turns out to be none other than the Star Maker himself. Kurt Hawkins, they're taking on Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox, Team Mahalisha, and coming up in our very next match, we're going to have Ember Moon versus Alicia Fox in, you know, a a little exhibition match just to uh, wet our beaks, so to speak, uh, leading into the match later on tonight at the Mixed Match Challenge. I'm gonna reserve all my thoughts and feelings on that match, or at least her partner. Let's just hope that he's able to pick up a win, finally, because of the excellent luck that Ember Moon has been having. So Ember and Foxy have a cool little match. Um, it's, just, <laughs> it's just been really silly. For the past couple of minutes Um, We had Alexa Bliss looking on backstage We had commentary arguing about Whether or not Alexa Bliss should be respected You know, we got uh, Corey Graves saying she's a player coach We got Michael Cole saying that it doesn't count It shouldn't count, she's an active member Of the women's roster Fast forward, we have a very quick Victory from the Eclipse By Ember Boone to Alicia Fox for the one, two, three, we had Kurt Hawkins going crazy because, as Michael Cole said, this is the closest he's ever become well, excuse me, the closest he's ever come to a win. He's at 236, so I think he's just trying to use the momentum to uh, translate into the mixed match challenge. Let's see what happens. But as they go up the ramp, we get the musical stylings. Of No Way Jose's theme. And oh my goodness, I don't know what is about to happen. So, No Way Jose comes out with the conga line. Kurt Hawkins is ready to dance along, and they actually took Ember Moon into it, which, you know, according to Renee Young, detests dancing, but she played along for a bit, jumped out of the line, and. That is our cool segue into our very next match between No Way Jose and the modern-day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal looked more aggressive than he has ever looked, even as the WWE champion against No Way Jose in this most recent match. Great commentary uh, between uh, the three guys, and, well, the two guys and girl on commentary speaking about. Uh, Whether or not, you know, just if if that, that inner peace has been working for him and such. Fast forward to the end of the match closing sequence. We saw a really cool hip toss into a neck breaker from Noah Jose to the modern day Maharaja. But after that, we saw Jinder toss him into the top ropes like just a lift and drop onto the top. Which transitioned into a coloss with authority into the one two three. Funny moment we had <laughs> we had Corey Graves uh, trying to get Renee to Shanti, you know, or you know, work on her breathing exercises, and she said her chakras are balanced just fine. And as she went on to you know prove the Shanti part. She started singing or at least harmonizing, humming along an Aaliyah track, not an Ashanti track. But who's even counted? so in the off chance that Renee Young ever gets to hear this, L-M-F-A-O, that was great. This <laughs> made me uh, laugh out loud. But uh, Michael Cole... Uh, asked, uh, you know, who could use some Shanti? Dean Ambrose. So let's see how he changed the gears. And we had just cut to a replay of Dean in the doctor's office getting his vaccinations again. And now we're segueing into the Intercontinental Championship Open Challenge that Seth Rollins has issued to the WWE uh, Royal Locker Room. Let's see what happens Alright, alright, alright Now listen now We've had our fun Over in the podcast from the shadows We've we've, we've joked around We've had some chuckles here and there And I, I said at the top of the show That if something was going to take place That I didn't like because of what I had heard Then I wouldn't I would be fair and say alright I ain't really feeling this too much. Now, to be honest with you guys, I am tired of seeing Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler go at it for the Intercontinental Championship. Is there no other superstar that can at least lose to Seth Rollins other than Dolph Ziggler? we know that Dolph is one of the best I don't even care about background noise because it needs I need to share this with no interruption Dolph Ziggler has a record of 121 victories Kent State University Hall of Famer Former World Heavyweight Champion, Money in the Bank Winner, and Cashier Inner. (sighs) Former Tag Team Champion. You name it, Ziggy's done it. But we cannot sit here and say that the year of 2018 has not seen a lot of Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler take nothing away from either one of these superstars. I'm not going to disrespect them, but an open challenge is open to anyone. But really? Really? Dolph Ziggler? I believe that the fans and the constellations in the WWE universe Look forward to these open challenges because we could get anybody. It's a fairly unpredictable part of the show. Seemingly, usually, you know, like, I I hate to do this, but when John Cena was the United States champion and he put that championship on the line week in and week out, we saw different superstars taking the opportunity to go, and even if they weren't going to win, at least display their talents, to get their opportunity further on down the line. Are we really trying to give opportunity to somebody like Dolph Ziggler, who, you know, at the risk of being a you know, a bit comparative to this is one of the bigger crybabies when he doesn't get what he wants at a time or two in WWE outside of the storyline. You know, the, the sympathetic baby face that we all feel sorry for, and and I get it. But really? 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 Of all of the things that I just... Of all of the things that I like, of all of the couple of weeks that I've been doing this, and of all of the years that I've been watching at this point, this match is one of those matches that I might have to say are a little stale. Ziggy go for the World Heavyweight Championship. Ziggy, go for the Universal Championship. And then then it sucks because we know that the Intercontinental Championship is on the line against Dean Ambrose in three weeks at TLC, streaming live on the WWE Network. However... He's going to lose. Like, we're supposed to believe that now Ambrose is going to win? I am pulling for Seth to win. Not to take away anything from Dolph, but he is the heel in this situation. So I want to see the good guy win. Being Seth Rollins. But good God. In the off chance. The WWE gets to hear this. Please. Give this feud. This rivalry. At least six months. Seth Rollins. Dolph Ziggler. Give them six months. And then pass them back. This part I can understand. Where the internet is a little finicky, because we've seen this a lot. There can't be other superstars backstage like this, in my opinion. I'm going to go on and on until I'm done talking about it. This match makes me think about what Drew McIntyre said about other superstars just sitting on their hands backstage. There's no reason why we need to continue seeing these two. There's no reason why Dolph Ziggler is the only person that we can trust taking on Seth Rollins. And what other superstars don't want to lose? What is, what, what is it? Are they scared to lose? Like, I don't I don't understand. But whatever. Let's just get this match out of the way. Opening up the third hour of Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins won. That's what's up. So onto this open forum between Bailey and Sasha Banks that Alexa Bliss has created for them. And, you know, get a couple insults to the crowd. You know, it was the crowd that has the opportunity to ask the... Uh, boss a hug connection anything they want. And um man. It was uh it was a random Ronda Rousey fan in the crowd that got to ask what they would change about the women's division. It turned into a fairly immature burn fest. I think Corey called it a third grade burn fest where it was oh uh I would send you back to hell. That was the climax of the situation. And then in the ring came Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox, and Mickey James to beat them up. This was the Open Forum segment. I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking at these guys uh, just creating time uh, and then leaving space for the main event. Let's move forward. So, on to our main event between Finn Balor and General Manager-elect Baron Corbin. I know that earlier tonight, it was a crazy beatdown that took place on Elias. And last week, they took out Braun Strowman. So, let's see what happens between the General Manager-elect and the extraordinary man who does extraordinary things. Okay, so it's official. I mean, we have a great main event going on between Finn Balor and Baron Corbin. And we didn't really want to say anything at the start of the night with how he changed the rules around because he did get interrupted. But it has been promoted all night that this main event would be a one. On one matchup between Finn Balor and general manager-elect Baron Corbin. And the argument on commentary has been whether or not Baron Corbin is abusing his power. And this is the moment where I will even say myself, yes, that man is, not even potentially, he is abusing his power. Midway through the match, it seemed as if he didn't have another route outside of just taking the L to Finn. He goes out the ring with the last bit of energy he has where Finn definitely missed the coup de grace and landed on his face. But he turns this one-on-one singles match scheduled for one fall and just transforms it into a two-on-one handicap match where his partner is now, the Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre. Let us see how Finn is able to deal with this new change of plans. But well, the very first thing he does is do that front flip over the ropes. The same just to take out Drew. And uh, it's going to be, uh, LOL, interesting to see what else takes place by the end of the match. Hard cutoff time at 11 o'clock. That's the way it's been for the past couple of weeks. Let's see if WWE is able to pull the same thing, what, I think three, four times in a row? Let's see it. So we get a uh, Claymore to Finn for the one, two, three. And then we end the show just as we began it. With General Manager Olet Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and the Almighty Bobby Lashley, flanked by Leo Rush, in the ring to celebrate. The Almighty hit him with his finisher move, the Almighty Dominator. This a, it's a modified version of it. Then that gets Drew McIntyre to come through and deliver. Well, excuse me, he threw him into Corbin for the end of days, and then McIntyre hit him with. One more Claymore for good measure. And that, I believe, would close the show. Yep, and that closes out the show. I'm looking at this and I'm uh, uh, pleasantly surprised. I would have one down spot just in, kind of in seeing the constant of Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler as far as it being a stale match. But I wouldn't say it was a bad roll. It was a cool roll. I think it was enjoyable. I think people are a little too high strong, and expecting uh, certain things. But all in all, you know, it's just one week, and we've got to build toward an entire pay-per-view taking place in three weeks. Either way, this is Blake, SmackDown Live, tomorrow. I sure y'all tune in tonight to find out what happens next as far as Daniel Bryan's awesome story goes, along with everyone else's. I will catch y'all next time. Broadcasting directly from the shadows. Y'all know who it is. Thank you for listening. And sure you go get the Marine 6 and uh, all of the other teams, the WWE Elite Collection. It's all in stores now. No, for real, for real. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys very soon.